What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people in the Shot City, people down in the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. You are tuning in here to the Monday edition of the Sports Grind presented by Dosekis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett back, spinning the one and twos. Your number to participate is 1 800 707 9760. Again, that is 1 800 707 9760. If you know what you want to talk about, like usual, it is open phone lines. Anything that happened over the weekend that's sports related that you want to bring to the airwaves that we're not touching on, feel free to do that. We just ask you to be patient during the long breaks and long segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind, too, if you need to reach out to me via Twitter or follow me, you can do that at SportsGrind. And also, if you need to, if you want to, I should say, uh, stream the show live and leave comments, which I'll try to react to those in real time. If not, I'll react to those later. You can always go to uh, the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page as well. Also, also keep in mind, too, if you ever miss any of the daily shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast every day seven days a week 1-800-707-9760 what's up mr clark ready to rock and roll all right bartley you with us yes sir all right so coming off um a packed college and nfl weekend i know last monday we kind of stuck with the nfl when you had to come off a weekend like that uh, we started with there. We kind of parlayed the college till Tuesday. Today, it kind of be the same thing. I mean, I want to touch on, of course, some college stuff that went down. Um, and then we'll get into NFL. And then, you know, we've got quite a bit to get to today, like usual, coming in after a football weekend. But we do have other things that's going on in the sports world real quick. Uh, we know we've got media days uh, going on in the NBA I mean, training camp is pretty much going to be underway. I mean, we've got real live games here in the next, I don't know, two, three weeks, something like that. Um, so a lot of teams, I mean, I mean, the big one today everybody's taking sound bites from is, of course, KD showing up at Brooklyn's uh, media day, you know, just saying, yeah, I asked for a trade because I didn't know the certainty of the organization. You know, I committed to him last summer for four years and. You know, some things were doing different. So, yeah. So he kind of, you know, didn't hide from it. Uh, so you have that going on. I know the Spurs, I think they had their media day in our backyard here earlier. I know Pop had some interesting quotes, which we'll uh, probably parlay that to tomorrow and talk to that. What kind of came out of uh, out of that, uh, Jonas, in regards to uh, what you've heard into the uh, media day? Well, my favorite quote coming from Pop this morning <laughs> Uh, Mike Finger tweeting out that, that Coach Popovich said, I probably shouldn't say this. Then he leans into the microphone a little more. He says, nobody here should go to Vegas and bet on this team to win the championship. Surprise, right? But I think that this is the closest like, that talk that you'll get to him saying, you know, we're not, a, we're not really a good competitive team even this year. I mean, Championship standard? No. Is he going to come out and say that they're tanking? No. But news you know, came down the other day. Keldon Johnson, dislocated shoulder. He's going to miss the preseason. Mm. And that's something to watch for you know, Spurs fans this year. Even, even as, you're, as you're losing, the whole thing is to get out of it healthy, though, too, at the same time. Because you don't want to have some pieces that you like, maybe a Devin Vassell, maybe a Keldon Johnson, maybe a Josh Primo, 
that is re- is ready to kind of show up and step up a little bit more this year, despite the losses, but then not be available and then lose a year like Dejounte did uh, just three years ago with that ACL. Um, it's all fine and dandy, you know. The subliminals, the talks. I mean, I know another quote I asked. They asked what was kept motiv- motivating to come back. He said it's paycheck. Um, look, you know. This is a team that really I don't know, and again, in the kind of organization that's still kind of in flux of the direction they're going. Um, of course, he would, had to just be joking. I don't, I don't even think if you have to be a serious handicapper, even know uh, what minus six and a half or minus nine and a half of the NBA line is before you know that you're going to put money down on the Spurs to win the championship. Okay, it needs to really be the only thing you need to concentrate on that is what the win total is going to be in the over and under. And I haven't even looked at that. Yeah, because again, it's I got to see a product on the on the court before I even start talking about them. It's around I mean, 22, 23. Yeah, that's the lowest ever since I've been paying attention to totals, and I've been doing this for probably about 13, 14 years in regards to paying attention to the sports betting world. So, um, look, it, it's the, you know the, the Spurs talk in regards to this particular show uh, is going to be kind of a wait and see situation. I mean, we already know what they're going into the. Uh, year with but it's nothing that's going to i mean yes we're going to i'm going to cover them but it's not too much that's going to end up taking too much time with this show unless it's really news to go ahead and do because again you know um don't want to come across that negative all the time but i've got to have positive stuff to say which they're a young group we'll see how it goes uh but that's pretty much it so you have the nba going on baseball we've got a lot of home run chasing going on of course albert Pujols goes yard twice against the dodgers in their backyard he's sitting at 700 um nobody thought he was getting there when the season started no one really thought he's getting there in the last couple of years if you paid attention to albert Pujols. but i keep going back to the, something clicked in the home run derby that he really got hot afterwards um, hell, he's only a few RBIs away from passing, um, you know, I think Ruth and RBIs in general. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals team is definitely going to be a, a tough team, I think, to be a tough out in the uh, in the postseason. And, you know, it, we'll see how it goes. you got Judge on the other end that uh, has tied. You know, he's now he's looking to pass uh, Maris here, but he's tied him. Um, you've got about a little bit over a week or so left of the regular season. Um, you know, yesterday's game got rained out. Um, well, they called it a game in the seventh, speaking of the Sox and the Yankees. Uh, but, you know, part of this whole deal with these record chase, and especially just stick to judge, is because it's always talked about, again, the amount of media scrutiny you get and the pressure that comes on and the anxiety just to want to go ahead and do it and get it over with. I mean, I can see it in his face, and especially being at home, it's one of those things. I don't want to say he's pressing, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be relieved if he's able to accomplish it here over a week after a week is uh, – well, we got about a week or so in the regular season left. So he has about – Maybe about eight to nine games or whatever around there to kind of get it done in. Quick correction on that. He could tie Maris tonight. Okay, so he's still one short of, of Maris. He's tied with Ruth. All right, but on the MLB tweeting out uh, this afternoon, on this day, 1961, uh-huh. Roger Maris goes yard to tie Babe Ruth, was hit with his 60th home run of the season, and of course, Tonight, Judge could tie Maris at 61. Yeah, well, I think what's more eerie is uh, a group on, I think I forgot who it was, an analyst on MLB Network that basically predicted Albert Pujols when he was going to hit the 700 club that predicted that Friday, which was last Friday night, this past Friday night, did it. I think that's kind of eerie as well, too. He called that shot in April, and he said it was going to be in L.A. Yeah, amazing. 
you know, go get some quick picks from that. Tell that guy to get some quick picks. So you got that going on. Um, also, of course, you know, you had an emotional exit for Roger Federer. I still don't. I mean, it has to be his body that's failing him because I really don't understand how Wimbledon would have been the last time to see him. But he probably is just up against it and has nothing to give. But you saw really the respect that he's gotten from the doll. I mean, they went out and played doubles together. But, you know, the doll sitting there crying. Um, like his dog died. I mean, but that's a guy that's kind of kept him. They've kind of gone in each other. It's really been those three, you know, him. I've said this before, Roger and Joker. I mean, that's just the way tennis has been the last 15 years on the men's side, 15 to 18 years with those guys really just dominating the sport. I mean, because again, the Americans haven't had anything to say too much about it uh, on the men's side. But yeah, just a hell of a career with Roger and just the respect that you have from the ball of a competitor. I mean, to me personally, I still think Nadal is the greatest ever on one particular surface. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough to have seen Pete Sampras dominate on grass. I've seen, um, you know, of course, Federer dominate on it. Uh, I've even seen, you know, um, other players go through their opportunities where they've been tough to beat on surface. And I still think there's not a guy, you know, that's greater than uh, Nadal is on clay. So you got that going on. Also, uh, really college football, like a lot of this that we'll get to probably today, tomorrow, besides our, our, our main teams that we cover, uh, you know, college. I, I just think coming off of the last couple of weeks of college football, it just pretty much confirms to me and just lets me know, again, the reason why we need expanded playoffs because the there's teams, I mean – you know, whether you want to say Middle Tennessee, whether you want to see other teams, there's teams that's showing that even with some of these SEC teams, Big Ten teams, they can compete, let alone on a even like on a neutral site. I'm always big with that. I always ask, what is it? What will a team be favored if you put them on a neutral site, not at home, not on the road, but a neutral site? And you've got some of these other teams that's stepping up that's competing uh, with some of these bigger teams that are not in these power five conferences. So it shows you the reason why we probably do, whether you like it or not, need to expand to the playoffs uh, because it's just a parody. The competition is spread out through the landscape of college. Um, that's number one to take note of this weekend. Um, also on the college front too, a couple things before we get heavy into uh, NFL. And if you want to comment to the college, that's, what, that's fine as well too. Uh, but another thing that I'm going to say in college that really just reached, uh, stood out to me, uh, Coach Lance in Kansas. Um, we're going to find out how serious Kansas is about football real quick. If it's just one of those things that they let the Jayhawk rock chalk Jayhawk basketball team fund them, or they really serious about trying to build a competitor. Cause this guy lands, not a big name, you know, uh, but if you go look at him, I mean, he's won at the division two level or something. He's won like multiple national titles there. He's won wherever he go. He's got Kansas out. Like I think they're four and oh right now. Um, they signed, you know, just a few weeks ago, they gave him a year extension. They need to go ahead. If they're serious about college and winning in college football, that program in the Big 12, they need to go lock him up ASAP because they're not going to keep him if that. You know, he even had the great, uh, probably wounded and battered and humbled Urban Meyer, who Fox just ran to go scoop him up, regardless what, you know, baggage he had. Um, even he said, hey, I haven't met this guy, but he's winning is winning. 
wherever you go. He goes, and he has a formula that he's won at three different spots. I mean, he's got Kansas out 4-0 uh, now, and we know how bad. If you're in this region, you know how bad Kansas football has been in the Big 12. They need to sew that guy up. If they're not serious about football, then they're probably going to lose him. But that's one of the things that stood out to me, too, as well. And, of course, you know, again, in that Dust Bowl I call Lubbock in Texas Tech, uh, UT, um, look, got all that. Out of all that, out of, out of the first three weeks of college, after the second week of, oh, well, if we just had the starting quarterback in, oh, well, if it wasn't for that safety call, oh, well, it's just this and that. Well, you can't have it both ways in UT. A lot of just patting on the back after a loss and the hundred and some pillars they had. Out of all that, they have digressed every week, concluding the UTSA game and to Texas Tech. For all that, you're starting 0-1 in the Big 12. But after, just like that useless Auburn game in that bowl game, excuse me, not Auburn, Georgia, where Sam Ellinger, okay, probably should be starting in Indy, but that's a whole other different subject, um, saying he's back, well, we're back. after Georgia. When you got half the Georgia kid, you didn't want to play that game. Then after the Alabama, you know, need to walk off field goal to win in front of 100,000, hey, we're back. After all that, and that's the reason why I came in here that Monday. It wasn't salty because the Alabama wasn't that. It was like, man, that was their national championship game. That's what the last two weeks showed me. Now, again, the competitive balance is around, but what I'm telling you is that is not any sign to me. Now, I do believe that Sark is still going in the right direction just from the talent that we see. But let that sink in. All of that in the last few weeks, you're you starting the Big 12 0-1, okay? Took notice of that. Also, big win for Baylor going to Ames. They haven't won there in forever. Um, I had I, even though I had you know Baylor win the Big 12, I did. I thought Iowa State was going to win that game because I just wasn't still sure about the quarterback play of Baylor. I mean, I know they've got two studs at running back, but hey, they go in and dominate. And Ames, they had to hold on. Now they gave up the lead in the fourth quarter. They almost let Iowa State come in. For the most part, it was a W. So again, props to uh, Baylor for going out there and getting that W. Uh, Texas A&M, uh, you know, they basically sit there and you know rally a little bit there to uh and hold on fortunately to go ahead and win in jerry's world over arkansas you know arkansas is getting ready to host alabama this coming up week so we're really going to find out you know the arkansas train coming in this week um and they're catching them probably going to be a little bit of motivation they catching them too because the ap decided to go ahead and drop i think alabama to third and replace them with ohio state and that's the type of stuff that guy feeds in as well too up there but AM finds a way to get it done uh, really just one of the weirdest plays I've ever seen in college football in regards to the return that they've got at the goal line when the guy's going in the quarterback and then they fumble then the guy passes it off that's really the game and again I've said this forever 80% I would say 90% of college kill, field goal kickers suck half of them are on walk-ons other I mean I've seen some chip shots just miss. I'm talking about extra closer than what extra points used to be, even in the NFL, just gone white, gone ride white, left. The college, I've said this forever. 
Uh, especially if you know you're in the sports betting world, it really sucks. But college football kickers, 90% of them are trash. Um, that's another thing I take out over this weekend. Tennessee gets it done. I mean, they pull away from Florida. I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, loving Tennessee coming in, you know, that think that that program down right there is to, on its way coming back up. So you had college just really getting up and going. We're going to get into more of the conference plays here as well, too. Um, you know, Miami takes a tough loss. You know, to a school that's not supposed to beat them, what you got? Well, that school, Middle Tennessee, is who UTSA is going to have this Friday. Interesting. Yeah, the road runners bird up. They hang on. You know, wasn't pretty. I mean, they got they, they had a pesty uh, Southern, right? That they put they, they played them. Who was it? Texas so, Southern. Texas yeah. Southern. Yeah, hung on a little bit, but UTSA, hey, another W. You know, to keep it going there at the dome. Uh, but that's interesting. I didn't know that they had Middle Tennessee up next. But Miami, I mean, people are panicking down there. Look, man, Cristobal, he's not going anywhere. In a year. I mean, keep in mind where he came from. He came from Oregon. You know, a lot of these coaches are not going to leave good jobs for other jobs, and he's a Miami guy. You know, I think he played on one of their national championship teams back in the day. I know he's one of the hometown kids around that area. I think that's his connection. But, I mean, it, that's a tough loss, you know. But, again, the people. The same thing I say about UT, though, too. Miami's like that, too. Their fan bases always want to say the U's back. Anybody back until you get into one of them playoff spots, if you're looking at that brand, if you're one of those two brands. But no, for the people that are thinking that he's going to be on the hot seat or like, stop it. He's there in one year. You know, a coach like that is not going to um, be gone in just one year. Now, next year, three years, maybe, but not just one year, regardless of them losing to Middle Tennessee or not. But when we get back, we will jump into recapping week three. We still got to put a bow on it tonight, though. We've got a big matchup and uh, out there at MetLife Stadium between the undefeated Giants. Okay, the undefeated Giants who sit up right there with the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. That's going to be hosting the Dallas Cowboys coming in on Monday night. And we see how much more of Jerry gets his quarterback controversy that he wanted. So we'll jump right into the NFL when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Bartlett spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Tai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Tai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor. Of the sports crime. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis, And we are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. 1-800-707-9760 is your number to call. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka. All right, keep in mind, established in 1938 and handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptional classic that is stoli vodka official sponsor of the sports grind and pick it up uh, with a near specs near you i should say 1-800-707-9760 all right man so this is the deal um got some facebook live coming in here um adrian cavazos i know it's getting colder in colorado but looks like russ is putting on the wrong kind of ski mask 11 points are not going to cut it boo birds out early in the season also who else do we have coming adam Lagoria. Uh, speaking of competing, looks like the AFC South came to compete against the AFC West. I read those two stream lines first is because I'm going to I want to start with the pretty much maybe would have been an instant classic first. And then I'll get to respond to those because we'll get to those games. And I want to get to that, especially uh, indie game with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. And it'll all go into Adams and uh you know, my other man there saying pretty much Adrian. trying to say Adrian's pretty much trying to say Russell's stealing money, but I'll get to that. Um, all right. So let's start with probably a little instant classic there on South Beach. Uh, I was off probably about like eight degrees, 10 degrees. It really felt like 100 out there in Miami. And, you know, they have, you know, I heard Rex Ryan said this morning, which I never looked at. It. He said, look, they have the best home field advantage in September out of anybody. And I didn't realize in Miami, you know, the way the stadium is built, they put the visiting team right there with the big, the sun is beaming on your ass for four quarters. I mean, when you see Diggs cramping and Diggs is in pretty good shape. When you see him cramping in the third and the fourth and really not so much a factor. I mean, I can stand the big guys in the trenches. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that that type of humidity and that stadium, you're going to get a lot of butt swamp from those big guys, especially centers. But let's talk about this. There's a couple things that stood out. Again, we if you've played sports at any type of level, not even professional level, but if you played sports in middle school, high school, even college, there's one thing you know you can't teach in kills, and that is speed. And that is the problem. I mean, look, Miami gave up a little bit of penny to get Tyreek Hill. I knew Waddle was fast, even going back from Alabama last year. Saseki, these guys, uh, you know, they're running back. They're fast. And their line is probably a little bit underrated as well, too. Uh, Buffalo, now, transparency. Buffalo was without five stars 
starters. A lot of those on defense, uh, they were without five starters. But again, you know, there's a lot of injuries going on, but that's definitely a factor. But I thought this game was going to be close regardless if Buffalo was healthy or not. Um, you know, I picked Miami to win this game. I picked them with the points, but also picked them in the pick them thing to win because I just felt the, you know, Buffalo in a short week, and I said it Friday, there's going to be a game or two that Buffalo – now, Buffalo, make no mistake, they're playing for home field advantage. I think they're the only team in the AFC in the AFC period that's going balls to the wall to have the number one seed. I don't think Kansas City's doing that. Um, I don't think anybody else in the AFC is going to really be trying to. Yes, you would like to have it. You know what I'm saying? But they're really going after it. You know what I'm saying? And it's probably going to come down to them or either Baltimore, the way Lamar Jackson's playing on who gets that. Now, with that said, um, very impressed with the defense and, 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 and really how Miami handled themselves in Tua. Now, the biggest debate, well, is Tua getting back in the game. Now, the NFLPA has already launched an investigation. I knew exactly when he went down. It was nothing with the ankle. I mean, on TV, even on the red zone, they try to put ankle. But I was like, man, he stumbled. That looks like concussed. Now, somebody had the answers to the test form back there. Now, I don't know how that's going to be, you know, investigated. And credit to Tua, man. Even in the postgame, Tua didn't go to Kashi 6-9. He just said, hey, man, my back. Back locked up. Been having back. No, I mean, that's just one of those in the back. Get some smelling sauce. Tua's like, I mean, this is a guy that had his hip almost torn off the bone. Okay, a little concussed. I'm pretty sure it took two or maybe about eight minutes, seven minutes to come and clear. But you've got protocol and you've got doctors and this is the whole part of making things up. So do I think he went in there slightly concussed? Yes, I do. Uh, will I have done that? Probably not. Uh, but they evidently thought that this was a big division game. They were in this and now they're sitting atop the AFC East at three and oh on Buffalo side. The only thing there's only two things that's going to hold them back from getting to the big toast in Arizona. Number one is that's injuries, a, amount of a significant injuries, especially to a Josh Allen or somebody digs that number one. And number two, the lack of trying to stay committed to a running game. They're still putting too much on Josh Allen. I, there's a lot of people that feel pound for pound. Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the National Football League. I won't argue with anybody that thinks that. But at the end of the day, they're falling too comfortable with Josh Allen doing a lot. I don't believe that he can hold up and basically go away, go all the way on a playoff run, even if they just have to win two games at home and make it. They need. I mean, I thought it was going to be resolved when they drafted Cook out of Georgia. He's off to a rocky start you know he had one decent run there in that game but they've got to be committed to singleton the, the running back and to him they're asking josh to do too much uh, but credit to miami they hung in there that is definitely an instant classic i mean you saw the first year coordinator with that gig just really bang on the table three times because they ran out of clock and couldn't basically get up to snap it maybe should have had a call already played i don't know but once he stayed in bounds i knew they probably couldn't get that off but credit to Miami, man, they're 3-0. and I, I picked Buffalo to win the division, but I did tell y'all when we did these picks and we talked AFC East, I said Miami will be nipping at their heels all the way through the season, and that is also what I saw as well, too. Moving forward into the other upset of the day, because I don't know if I really consider that an upset. Some people don't with the Miami and uh, you know Buffalo, but make no mistake about it. I mean, we talked about it on Friday, but Indianapolis Colts, I said, hey, you know what? I've been killing a little bit on Frank on his play calling, Indy and Jim General, you know, I'm still feel the same way I do Buckner, but I said, hey, you know what? I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt because at the end of the day, this is usually when they respond. I didn't like his body language after that loss last week. 
Um, but you know what? They responded to the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they were at home. That was a game that was kind of defensive. You make a mistake here, here and there. Um, I think with the Kansas City Chiefs, a lot of mistakes they made. You know, taking nothing away from Indy, but you're talking about a muff punt. Just can't happen. Had another special teams uh, miscue. Also, for whatever reason, Andy Reid, these damn charts, man. Andy Reid decides to go four for two. Probably didn't need to at that, that time. And then you miss a kick. Then you decide to go for it, period. You know, a fake field goal when you have a team that's in ICU, why? But props to the Colts, man. They responded. Again, I'm the thing with Indy is that I think what we're finding out is, again, you know, the offensive line might not be as good as what people have thought. I mean, I still think they're one of the better offensive line running. But I told you this was not going to be any in-between with Matt Ryan and the Indianapolis Colts. It was really going to look real bad or it's going to real, real, look real good. And the problem is – with I have with Matt Ryan, even though look that last drive he had, I mean that drive took over eight minutes. That you can't write it up any better because it took time off the clock. It kept Patrick Mahomes off the field, and they hit almost like a basketball game-winning shot at the buzzer on the tight end. That was a good throw by Matt Ryan. But the thing that concerns me is that yes, the offensive line is shaky. Matt Ryan, when he gets hit, he's fumbling the ball. I mean he has more turnovers through interceptions and fumbles than even Carson Wentz did with that team last year through three weeks. And I just feel that it's one of those things. A lot of these older quarterbacks are not really wanting to get hit. I get a little, I mean, I'm not being as tough on Russell Wilson as a lot of other people are, but I even noticed that with Russ and especially last night, because again, the defense, it's one of those that these older quarterbacks, they really don't want to get hit. I mean, you start getting hit over a decade and it's like, how do I avoid doing this? And I think with Matt Ryan, that's one of the things because the old ball, just fumbling the ball. But you know what? Taylor had a so-so game, but again, give credit to the defense of the Colts and Gus Bradley because they did a heck of a job on Travis Kelsey. I mean, they usually do. I mean, and, and honestly, Gus Bradley, when he was with the Chargers and he's been over there, he's had a he's had a tough time with Travis Kelsey, but in his career. But they had a good game plan for him. The Colts were, uh, I mean, Frank Wright talked about it afterwards. They were on the mat, you know, and they had to get up and you got to give them props. And especially if you look at what the rest of the AFC South did that day. Um, when you look at Jacksonville, I mean, come on, Jacksonville dominated the Chargers. I mean, dominate. And you got to wonder, there's a couple questions. You got, first of all, there's a lot of people that really didn't pay attention and, and myself included, I'll put myself in that, but didn't really pay attention to where they spent the money at. All I knew is Jacksonville spent a lot of money, you know, in the off season. I didn't like giving Christian Kirk that kind of money. He's got three touchdowns through three weeks. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, which I said last year, I was like, man, I ain't counting that with that whole. And again, the standard, it must've been awful with Urban Meyer. I mean, it must have been really bad. I mean, I've got respect for Doug Peterson. I mean, I don't know about uh, the situation that went down with him and Carson Wentz, but the guy is a winning Super Bowl head coach, Philly special. He did beat Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. He has simplified the game for Trevor Lawrence. And what I mean by that is Trevor Lawrence, he's – orchestrating offense and dialing up stuff that really fits Trevor Lawrence in regards to his mobility. You know, credit to Hasselback. I saw him yesterday talk about this, and I never thought about it, but you look at the first few games of Jacksonville, Trevor is running out making throws on the run. You know, last year, whatever the hell that was doing with Urban Meyer, even though he has a build of a statue pass back, a pat, you know, pocket passer, Trevor's AK Sunshine can make moves with his feet and play. And Doug Peterson has that running game going. They've got some young and they're young, and they've got some weapons on the cool. But little behold, even the guys in Denver, Jacksonville is first place in the AFC South. 
You know, and, and to me, they've got the right coach and they probably got the right guy. That, you got to think, Trevor Lawrence has won Pop Warner, middle school titles, high school, three state champions, Clemson, national championship, then a national championship title. I mean, yes, last year was really a nightmare for him. So he's a guy that's going to be able to handle this and knows how to keep expectations low. But props to Jacksonville. They're nasty on defense. I mean, I, th I put them – I've already separated defenses in the league. You've got good defenses, but you've got three elite defenses in the NFL, and then you've got some damn good defenses. And I put Jacksonville in that damn good defense, and they're finding a way with their young weapons with Trevor Lawrence to put points to the board. That game wasn't even close. And let me tell you about the Chargers. And again, Staley, Coach Staley, this is two weeks out of three weeks he's showed his immaturity to me. Okay, first of all, I was nowhere down with pretty much Justin playing in that game yesterday. But not only do you play him, and again, he's trying to, I mean, he knows this is his team. So he's got some veterans on there, you know, Khalil Mack, some of these, like, he's trying to prove to them that, hey, man, I'm tough. I'm going to be here for you. I don't need to. I'm going to, okay, that's fine. Sometimes you got to save players from themselves. He went out there. I don't think he should have played. But not only did they let him go out there, but Staley leaves him in the game in a 38 to whatever beatdown it was. What are we doing? And then you try to go to the post game and say, hey, man, well, he, he wanted to finish the game. No, man. You tell him to get out. Chase Daniels is in there. There was no reason. I didn't even want him playing. But you damn sure don't leave him in the game with ribs pretty much fractured ribs and they blow out a game that, that that honestly chargers are never in it i mean they dominate jacksonville dominated that game okay and where is this Chargers defense that everybody told me about in regards to once they got khalil mack and you put him with bosa now bosa kind of went out looked like he got a growing injury i don't know the status of that you know you've got you i mean you've got some of the top safety guys that people look at in the league and the second what's up with the defense man I mean, to me, not taking anything from Jacksonville, but Chargers are supposed to be this team. A lot of people, a lot of people pick the Chargers to represent the AFC and definitely dethrone Kansas City based off their defense. I don't even have the Chargers right now in the good defense category. There's three teams. There's three teams that separate their self defensively. Okay? That's the Tampa Bay Bucks, and the other two played last night which a lot of people thought it was ugly, that's fine defensive. Those three teams got Super Bowl type of defense. Doesn't mean they're going to the Super Bowl, but they've got, they're have got they on a different level. Then you've got your second tier, and I put teams like Cleveland in there. Now, I would put Cleveland up there if it wasn't for Joe Woods because I think Cleveland's got a lot of speed on the defense, but they're not up there. They're not with San Fran. They're not coached like that. They're not up with the San Fran. They're not up with Tampa Bay, and they're not up with Denver. And keep in mind, since we're nitpicking the Broncos, which 90% of people had picking dead last in that division anyway, I don't know why we're dissecting them so much. But since people are, keep in mind, that's a rookie That's a rookie defensive coordinator over there. Now, I don't know how long they're going to keep him because that brother's going to get some interviews. That's on Denver. But we'll get to them in a little bit. But back to the Chargers. Where's the defense? Tough, bad loss. Jacksonville dominant. And the other question that I believe, the Raiders and, ja and Chargers have put, that I'll say it because I was like, hey, for, for 12 months, toughest division of football, toughest division of football. I think, is it a question? Is the AFC West overrated? Is it? I mean, if you look at the Raiders who started 0-3 and you look at the Chargers as struggling and they're 1-2 now, 
and you look at Kansas City taking that loss. I mean, Denver was the only one to win yesterday, and some people feel like that really wasn't a win. You have to ask yourself, is the AFC West overrated? Probably wouldn't argue with anybody right now as of October that we sit right now, or excuse me, September, coming toward the end of September, that people would say that it's overrated based on how much it was hyped. Okay, but if you you got anytime you now you have to put things in context, but anytime that you have a team in your division that's 0 and 3, that's going to get some people to look like, hey, man. Now, granted, the Raiders, their combined losses are about 11 points. I think it's like 11, 13 points. I don't care, man. I, I never thought they were that good of a roster anyway, but it's a situation they're going through it. But Charge is very disappointed with them because they were overly hyped on their defense, but they got dominated by Jacksonville. 1-800-707-9760. Speaking of the Raiders, I told you I had that game circled down. 0-3 was on the line between the Tennessee Titans and the Raiders. And sure enough, the Tennessee Titans, coached by Vrabel, that said, hey, man, you know, disappointed, embarrassed on national television. We're going to come back and fight. Now, to me, they did enough to win. Um, I'm not that high on the Raiders' defense, especially their back end. Uh, but you got to give credit to Tennessee. I mean, they're 1-2, and two, and they're in a division right now. And to me, look, it's obviously Jacksonville is better than a lot of people thought. But I am still telling you, Doug Peterson, I don't care if they are not talented. I don't care if they spend $120 million in all season. You, if you are Tennessee or the Colts, there's still a certain thing about letting them, if they end up winning that division in this first year, that means they're ahead of schedule. That can't happen. Now, it's early. We're barely going to be at the quarter mark, but it's early. But I'll still tell you, I'm going to stick to that take. But when you look at it, Jacksonville is ahead of that AFC South with Tennessee was able to get off the mat, go one and two, and the Colts were able to get their first win on the season. So the AFC South, I still think they're sending one team. They're sending one team, whoever wins the division. I could be wrong, and if I'm wrong and they end up sending two teams, I'll say I'm wrong once December comes. But I still think that they're going to be a division that sends exactly just one team. 1-800-707-9760. Um, but Tennessee gets it done. The Raiders go back home, 0-3. They'll be back at home next Sunday. They've got the division opponent component coming in. And the Broncos, we'll talk about more of that matchup later on during the week. But they should, they should have their best game ready to go. They really should have to be able to win. The pressure's going to be on the Raiders to try to win that game. Keeping it moving. Tampa Bay, Green Bay. Okay? I mean, to me, I mean, it wasn't a lot of scoring in that game either. But nobody's calling that game that ugly either. You know, I don't know if it's just because it's Tom, but, you know, if maybe it's because it's Tom, it's Aaron, but it wasn't too much scoring in that in that game either. And Tampa Bay ain't doing that much scoring either. But nobody talking about that, though. You know, but, and everybody, most people had Tampa as the NFC representative. You see, we're going to keep it fair because I pay attention to everything, and I know media is a hell of a thing. You can control the narrative. Tim ain't putting no points up either. Okay? And I'm still going to get to that game tomorrow night. But Green Bay, Looks like the receivers are starting to grow a little bit. I still say as the season goes, you're going to see Cobb get more involved. I got impatient and dropped him off the waiver wire after week two in fantasy. I'm sucking ass at fantasy, dude. This is the first time ever I've been in two leagues, start 0-3. Don't know how, but it's sucking. But you're going to see Cobb start getting more involved. Green Bay, I think the key to Green Bay, they've got something with the running game. But my key to them is that can your defense – can your defense continue to play like this in mid middle October, late October, November? I've seen, I'll keep saying this. A cheesehead knows this. I've seen Green Bay come out like a bat out of hell defensively for the last few years. 
come back in November defense. All of a sudden, they giving up. They they didn't came from a excuse me a top ten defense. Now they down at 18, 19. So can they keep up? But that's a big win on the road. Now you got a situation with two mega teams coming off losses next Sunday night. The Tampa Bay Bucks hosting. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's going to be an interesting game uh, based on what happened to those two teams this past week. You listen to the Sports Crime presented by Dosecchi's. We're broadcasting here from the Hazel Skyline Studios. We'll be back.